Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset with me, MG. I have got a beautiful client of mine on today's episode talking about a topic that we haven't spoken about on this podcast before, but I think it's really important, especially if you are a mother or a parent. I know a lot of my audience is, and I know a lot of us, when we are running a business and we're also a mother, we wear so many hats and we get mum guilt or we struggle to juggle all the things we feel like we should be doing more in our business and we also should be doing more with our children and Sam is a parenting expert her business is Southwest Parenting here in Western Australia and some of the takeaways you're going to get from this episode are going to allow you so much capacity and understanding for the dynamics that you have in your life as a parent and an entrepreneur so let's get into it Welcome, Sam, to the Unstoppable Marketing and Mindset Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting. Good I'm very excited to have you. Yes, very good to see you. And I know we're recording this right before Christmas, uh, so life can be a little bit chaotic, but I feel like it matches so beautifully into the topic that we're going to be talking about today. But instead of me waffling on about that, you're the expert, so I want you to share with everyone that's listening a little bit about who you are and what you do. So who I am is a mother of two um, and in my in that role, so my background was nursing prior to having children and I'm not a super warm, fuzzy, kid-loving person but I did really love working with paediatric clients which surprised me and then what surprised me even more is when I had my children I thought I would really love them but really hate parenting. I think because my mother really didn't enjoy parenting small children and I assumed I'd be the same but I do love having my kids a lot and enjoy it a lot and as a parent of like one infant I found that my friends even who had teenagers and things would come to me for advice and it was really bizarre because I was like well I'm just fumbling my way through like absolutely everyone else and they come to me to me for advice and I feel like such an imposter saying what I thought, you know, they should do or what would help because who am I to know? And so then I just started researching, reading every parenting book, um, you know, doing all the facilitator trainings, doing started doing community workshops, and I absolutely love it. And I actually, when I was thinking about talking to you and I knew you'd ask me to do an intro and I was like, oh, I really enjoy talking about myself, I had this thing. Well, I remembered my paediatric exam in nursing mm. and I don't, you went through uni and as you know, you've got other things on your mind at that stage. So I went in and the beginning of every single answer to every piece exam is support the parents, support the parents, support the parents. And that's, you know, that's the only thing that I remember from that exam. And that's now my job, just support parents. We all need help. We don't have all the answers. Yeah. And I've been there myself and I know I've shared this with you before because we've got children of a very similar age and we actually lived in the, in the same community for a while. And um, so we, we actually knew each other in that phase of like getting to know ourselves as um, mothers that I have had problems with my youngest child and being able to support her. It started off with toileting and, you know, it moved into all sorts of other behavioral issues. And we had to go through the process of getting support but it all came back to us and learning about ourselves and parenting and how we were supported to then support her. You know, we had, we were seeing a psychologist, but we weren't 
see, I wasn't taking Sia, my child, to see the psychologist. It was ended up being me going to learn the strategies that I needed to better communicate with her and understand where we'd lost that connection. Um, and so I can completely attest to that from a personal perspective. But I just want to say that anyone listening to this going, okay, but what has this got to do with business? What this has to do with business is what we're getting to, right? And talking about um, how this impacts our business holistically, how our parent, well, our parenting is part of our life, our business is part of our life, right? And most of the people that I attract into my world are mothers, probably because I am one. Um, but also I think a lot of mums start a business as a result of wanting that flexibility so that they can have more time with their children. And I get a sense that that is part of your story too, Sam. Absolutely. So, yeah, one of the questions I would ask is why are you an entrepreneur? And I, I agree that most of your audience that have children, it's probably for the flexibility, for the capacity to still be available for your kids, mm. a pick up and drop off and sick days or, or whatever it is but still have an identity outside of, of mother goosing at home. Um, and some people, it, it won't be that. It'll be, you know, their business is really for them. It's their passion, their drive. And so then it's, why did you have children? Mm. You didn't have children for them. Like no one has children for them. They didn't exist yet. You had it for you. And so what parts of yourself is having children, you know, that you want to nurture? And it will be you know, unfortunately, we'll be healing childhood wounds and things like that, and that's okay. You know, they unfortunately, that means we in some capacity are using our children to, to help ourselves, and we have to accept that. And so then you go, well, what does your child deserve and what are their rights? And, um, and you know, and their rights are to be safe and to be heard. And so all of the parenting stuff that I do is about, I call it, <laughs> I call it the CCs in my head. Yeah. So do you remember CC's the chin? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a yes. staple in our house. <laughs> and the ad is you can't sue no. Oh <laughs> yes. Like the 80s, yeah, 90s ads are like yeah. CC's, you can't sue no. And like they have all these they're, they're horrendous. But anyway, <laughs> like so it's build your capacity. Yeah. You can't say no to that. You know, you're the adult, you have to. It's build the connection. You can't say no to that. That's literally what we as primal beings need. Yeah, and then the little apostrophe S on the end, the little one, well, that's the strategy, you know, that's the sticker charts, you know, that's all the little fluff that sometimes we look to, please fix my overwhelm, let's get a sticker chart. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a part of it, you know, strategy or how you phrase things or your routine, but it's your capacity to parent and respond um, and understand what your child needs mm -hmm. and the connection that you have, which is, Awesome. Like it's yes, they have right, our children have rights and they deserve us to show up. But we have them for us. And if we can enjoy that more and more and more. Yes. Then yes. Awesome. That was yeah. one of the things that uh, we had to do with the psychologist um, and Sia was we had to make sure we were doing something that both of us enjoyed together to connect. So it wasn't about me saying, yes, I'll color in because that's what you want to do for us to do together. We had to talk about you know, this is what I want. This is what you want. Let's find something that we collectively can connect on rather than just having that time with her for her. It had to be for both of us to create that connection. So I'm loving that you brought that up. And I want to backtrack to something that you said because it was so powerful, but I, I can imagine that some people listening might kind of be like, oh, that, that hits hard. And that was around 
um, the fact that we are essentially using our kids for something. And I love that you said that because, you know, I, I like to just mic drop, get straight to the point, don't beat around the bush because we don't like to think of ourselves as humans that would do that. But really, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that recognizing that can help us with growth. And I believe that um, having children and having a business are the two, actually even in marriage, relationships in general, businesses are relationships, marriages are relationships, children, you build relationships. They're the best personal development that you can get. And that you mentioned healing those inner wounds. And that is such a powerful part that your children actually play in your life that you can tap into if you're open to it. But I wonder if you can speak more into that. If someone's listening to this and going, oh gosh, I'm, I'm using my children. Um, how can I look at that in a, a positive way to go, well, this, that's not, it's not a bad thing. It just is part of the process of being a parent and learning and growing together. Yeah. Well, you just said it, it just is. Yeah. yeah. The isn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so whenever I, I often do, I mean, you can see me, your audience can't, I've got two hands up. I don't know why I do this, but <laughs> it comes up all the time. It just is. And everything, you know, if your child is super cooperative, and conforms to your every request. Is that good? Yeah, like it's easy, it's lovely, it's lush. But are you worried about them in the future when they're in the wrong crowd? Yeah, you are. Like everything just is. And it depends on the context, whether it's good or bad. So it's coming to the acceptance of that. So if you go, well, no, my child's not a pushover. Mm. And say, well, actually, you need to accept that they just are and that's bad in this environment. They're really great because you've got this, you know, like really easy morning routine every day where some people are like, put on your pants, put on your pants, put on your pants. So, um, <laughs> and your shoes and your shoes and your shoes and get your bag and your lunchbox and your lunchbox seven times for each one. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. And so it just is. It is human nature to want to procreate and the fact is we do project. We project more onto our intimate relationships, mostly onto our children. They are absolutely mirrors reflecting back at us, but we also see in them what we've experienced usually at their age or depending on the gender of the child and your gender and, um, and things like that. So how do you get past that, that negative conversation when well, you can everyone's different you might rephrase it you know aren't I lucky that they're a portal for my growth yeah, yeah. It's, it's a similar thing yeah. or yeah okay and now I accept responsibility for that and I'm going to do you know the work that I need to do in the increments that I have the capacity yeah it's one of the things I've spoken about before I don't know if it was on this podcast or someone else's podcast where we were talking about mum guilt and especially mm -hmm. as a woman in business, we'll get that guilt. Like right now we're recording this on the 22nd of December. You know, my kids are outside hanging Christmas lights with my husband. We had to like move this by a few minutes because I was like, ah, oh, trying to navigate the juggle. And it's really common for us to get that feeling of, of guilt because we're splitting ourselves between, you know, our business, which we love and we're, you know, you're passionate about it, plus your children, which you love and you're passionate about nurturing and I believe that guilt comes down to resentment. And I shared this um, on, yeah, it was someone else's podcast, Mum Boss podcast it was, with Renee O'Neill. And it was one of her top rating podcasts because people were like, what, you're telling me I'm resentful towards my children? 
And the reason I feel this way and look, it might just be me is because we have this, you mentioned like your identity, right? You have the identity of who you are before you have children and then you have children and your identity changes and you feel like you lose part of yourself or you feel like you lose all of yourself and then you want to have some time to just be yourself and you feel guilty, but that guilt is like safe because guilt is like, oh, I love you. So I feel guilty for not spending time with you. But actually underlying that, I believe there's resentment to be like, damn it. If I didn't have kids, I could just be myself all the fucking time. Um, I wonder what your thoughts are on that. I I love that. I think I've actually not thought of guilt that way. But I suppose, yeah, guilt is, so normally the two mask emotions we have is anxiety and anger. Yep. Yeah. So anger masks, you know, guilt, insecurity, things like that, and anxiety the same. So guilt is sort of an anxious feeling, mm-hmm. um, masking that resentment that's more an ang- uh, angry feeling. And typically men go to anger, women go to anxiety, but not necessarily. You have angry girls and anxious boys too. Yeah. Um, but I'd say typically in your in your parenting coupling relationship, one will be the anxious type. I'm really nervous. They'll be scared. Or when one will be angry. Uh, um, I'm definitely the angry <laughs> in our relationship, which is interesting because yeah, but that that fits with your you know bold, outgoing, high achieving personality type. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. We're we're still the yin and yang. We just sometimes uh, swap yin and yang roles. I think. Um, yeah. And it's also interesting to see how that plays out in, in your kids. But yeah, thank you for riffing with me on that because it's an interesting topic that I, I talk about mum guilt a lot because I go away a lot. And so I, you know, I've just been away for 11 days. Um, I have worked through a lot around that, that sense of, you know, leaving my kids behind and I'm putting that in inverted commas, no one can see it, <laughs> but you know, it's the, am I leaving them behind or am I giving them opportunities to thrive without me helicopter parenting all the time and I think women in business feel like they should be with their kids all the time but maybe they don't maybe they don't need to be I don't know what are your thoughts on that yeah so personally I am that stage where I can get mum I just want to be with them all the time like I am you know they're growing you know, yes, and they're like my baby being eight weeks old. I was like, oh no, you're growing up already. Yep. Is that the healthiest thing for my children? I think at some stages it is, and some stages it's not, and that's life. And you do need to have an identity outside of raising your children. Otherwise, that's too much pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they are going to change, they are going to leave you. That is perfect. You know, if you're lucky enough to have a healthy child that's going to grow into an independent human being, you know, you need a separate identity. And it comes to gender roles, you know, how many, you know, male caregivers or non-primary caregivers, you know, work FIFO, go away for business. It's typical. So I think that's a little bit of a cult thing. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think you're very brave and bold and you... No, children don't come with a manual, but they will communicate to you. Mm. If your children are not doing well, maybe that's when you need to address that, spending too much time away. If you have a really good routine for maintaining connection when you're away and and reconnecting when you get back, then that's perfect. Yeah, and I think you, you touched on something there about, you know, the cultural thing and it's like that society expectation that comes up. 
uh, with parents, but also with business owners, but also with women and, you know, the gender roles, all that kind of thing. This impacts us. And what I've been learning to do in the last few years is start kind of challenging that that expectation around what it should look like as a parent, as a woman in, in business um, and starting to kind of make my own, I guess, structure around our family, around our business so that we can be happy in everything. Because one of the words that's come up a lot there is like connection, right? What I notice when I go away, my kids do miss me. Of course they do. I miss them. But we have like, we come up with these new creative ways to connect with each other. And it actually ends up flowing through when I get back. Like we continue on with the things. So one of the things we did recently was like, we did a, um, we made a hug bank. So yeah. I, before I left, I, I knew I was away for 11 days. So we had a hug, we had 11 hugs and it was like, hug, take a break, hug, take a break. And it was like, you've got a hug bank. And so now I've come back and, you know, I'm working today. So it's like, all right, do you need a hug bank this morning? So now we've yeah. like, and I don't know how we came up with this, but it was just like, okay, that's what we're going to do. Um, even, you know, with my husband, I find having a break, we've been married for almost 10 years. Holy shit. <laughs> we have a break from each other and I come back and I've missed him. And if I didn't go away for 11 days, to be quite frank, I probably would not have missed him, you know, because we've been together for so long. So that enhances our relationship and the ripple effect of that in our lives is, is huge. So, do you think that there is a way for people to go, actually, this is how I want to live my life, create it so that it fits with their business, their parenting, their relationships? And what kind of things do you need to ask yourself to be able to create that in your own life? Yeah. Good question. I mean, yeah, it's a huge question. <laughs> you could write a book um, on this one, Sam. <laughs> well, everyone's different. Hmm. And I think... It depends what you really want, yeah? If you're a woman in business and you think because you're in business and you have the capacity to scale it that you should, mm. well, is that what you want right here, right now, you know, with an infant at home? It might be yes, it might be no, I don't know, I don't know who you are. And so if, so I think, so if I break your question up, into you know do you think you should or you can you've got to get in touch with what you really want yeah so that's the first thing and sometimes you'll get it wrong mm. you know and that's okay that's part of the process and then the other part is the connection um with yes your children but also you're going to have to ask for a lot of help to do this or accept a lot of help or communicate about a lot of health issues around this and that is often a really really big challenge for people um in general yes. so if you're communicating with your children about what they want and you know they're going to say oh you're here all the time and the answer is no you need to have the capacity to you know really understand where they're coming from and sit with them in their feelings about it not really going how they want yeah and so be there like and let them be upset. They're allowed to do everything. And with your your co-parent or the extra supports you get, whether that's an au pair or a nanny or extended family who, you know, may not be with your children the same way you are with your children, yet you're reliant on them for help to, to achieve your business goals, then that's another communication thing. Mm. And it's tricky 
and it's not always perfect and that's why you you know it's trying to be in the now as much as possible yeah. and also communicate what your expectations of the future are so if it's different hopefully you can navigate some of the conflict earlier on and it's interesting that like communication is is such the key but we don't get taught how to do this communicating effectively with our children communicating effectively with our family members you're having those difficult conversations and this is why you know obviously the study that you've done and the, the work that you do is so important because I mean I've done so much work on understanding you know communication and and learning but I still had to go and see a psych- psychologist with my kid you know like it, when you're in it it can be very hard to see one of the the things that I know comes up for some of my clients is how to have those conversations with your kids to say you know mummy's working especially when we work from home and I mean I have it all the time because they see me at home so they think I'm available I'm like no I, I really need to work and I've got a boundary around like when my door's shut I'm working uh, and you know I've, I ask for help my husband helped all that kind of thing but do you have any suggestions around how you have those conversations with your children so that they can understand or you you don't feel like you're just shutting them off and they don't feel like they're being shut down yeah. So I would say a couple of things to that. The conversations need to be well and truly outside of your hours of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just before you go into the office and lock your door, yes, you can, you know, you can remind them I'm going to work, but you need to have a real plan, plan for if they're at home. So I really struggle with this personally. Mm. I really don't get work done with my kids. So, you know, thank you. It's, I'm really having to dig deep and, you know, assess my own practices. But you have those conversations. Hey, you know, I know you're sick home today. I really want to, you know, struggle with you. But this is the time that I work. Um, and so this is our plan for the day. It depends how old they are. Yeah, teenagers, different babies, near on impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you can't give them um, expectations beyond their capacity. And your children, our children, our ages, I think is it's where it gets tricky because if they are, say, for example, homesickers when you had a full day of work, mm. yes, they may be a bit older, you think they should understand, but one, their capacity is reduced because they're unwell. Yes. And their routine is disrupted, so their capacity is reduced again. Okay. So they're not as old as you want them to be. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So some they're going to have to give. So there might be some compromises in there. You know, if it's not a confidential meeting, maybe they are in your office, yeah, Um, just but it's colouring, yeah. Um, There's so many C words coming out. It's like capacity, colouring in, all of I feel like I can remember all of this so much more easily. And I was thinking in my mind, I was visualising almost like a cup is their capacity. And, of course, that's another C word. And, you know, when it's their cup is reduced, their capacity is reduced each time. Um, you know, they're they're sick or their routine is thrown out. And it's the same for a mum, though, isn't it? Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, yes, you parent your children, but who do you have to parent first? And it's yourself. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what my job is, is, you know, when you are the adult, you will parent yourself because that is your job. It sucks. Yes, you want to eat ice cream, you know, for dinner. (laughs) I did that the other night because my kids went home and I was like, am I the adult? So yeah, I have. I've got full control over this. Yes, um, I consciously chose to have this ice cream for dinner and I will enjoy every mouthful. Thank you. 
So if we've, we've just gone down this line of C. So yes, you have your cup, yeah? And in your cup is uh, control and connection. So that's your power and love, yeah? And so when, uh, what was your original question? I, I seem to rant. I've gone off ranting. Yeah, I do is the that, same thing. I think it was really just making that connection between it being, you know, the, the cup is reduced every time you have some ex external factor change, you know, like the, the sickness or the, um, you know, the routine changes. And so we have these expectations, but we need to recognize that their cup is not as full. They, they don't have that capacity. That's it. And this is like when you're working from home, having boundaries with your kids and understanding. So you have those conversations separate when you're working. So you're, you're not feeling stressed. And when you say what to say, mm. when you don't know what to say, Shut up and listen. Mm. Just listen. You don't have to fix what they're going to say, what they're going to think about it is probably not what you want to hear. So you don't need to say anything to convince them of your point of view. Just listen. Mm. So one of the, you know, evidence programs that I give in community, um, one of their, uh, like, the workshop elements is breaking down the Chinese symbol for listening. Mm-hmm. And then no part of that is there any speech. Okay. Yeah, so there's looking, yeah. there's hearing, there's trying to understand, so trying to understand your child's point of view. There's like a spiritual connection as well, mm -hmm. you know, and no talking. So if your kid's saying, I'm having a really hard time, you know, you're always working. Oh, that sounds hard. And, and just, let there be an awkward silence. Yeah. A bit longer than you're comfortable with, maybe 50% more, 100% more. Mm -hmm. Just wait for them to say something else and let them go, especially when the kids get to our age, if they do have reasonable uh, capacity with language, let them keep going. When they're littler, you might prompt them with some words. Mm. You're feeling left out, feeling lonely. You're feeling scared. What are your feelings? Whereas I remember, you know, myself growing up, if I had have said something along those lines, it would have been my parent would have justified why they're doing what they're doing rather. And then I guess the child's not felt listened to if it's you've come back with a justification. It's like that defense. And it would be very easy for us to do that now. I'm sure I still do do that at times as well to just go, well, I need to work. Or you know, actually I did it the other day because I was talking about our beautiful house. And I'm like, well, mum wouldn't have, we wouldn't have this house. If you want to save your pocket money for three years, you can pay for one week <laughs> of this mortgage. So lesson learned. Like she probably didn't learn a lesson, but I could learn a lesson from that. Uh, so the next thing, there's no such thing as perfect parenting. Yeah, there's no script for everything you should do, every conversation you should have. And if there was, that would be your children would be absolutely loopy. You know, you need to make mistakes, make faux pas, say wrong things, discredit their feelings so that they can learn how to repair and all those other things so that they can be human and make mistakes and not have like this, uh, you know, unattainable need to be perfect. Yes. But in saying that, you, Emily, are the perfect parent for your children. Yeah. In all your mistakes that you make, in all the dismissing of their feelings at times, and then all the times you repair, all the times that you're like, 
I just nailed that. They opened up to me. Oh my God, we're so connected. The hug thing was amazing and it's still going. How great am I? You know, because you're the one that cares about them the most. You're the one that's there at their worst, whether you want to be or not. You know, you are the perfect parent for them. No one else in the world has as much capacity for being there for them as you. And the same applies to any of your listeners. If you're like a parenting podcast and you've listened, 100% you're the perfect parent for your child because you care. Yeah, yes. And I was just about to say, everyone else just apply that exact same statement to to you because I do agree that, and even when I look back at my own reflection of how I was parent, how I was parented, yes, how, how I grew up with my parents and there were things that I'm not happy about or things that, you know, caused little, little T traumas uh, that I learned so much from that and it's actually allowed me to be who I am today. And I, and I think that the grit that I have is a result of that. Um, so it's good to know that even if we fuck up a little bit, it's actually not a bad thing. Maybe a good thing. Basis. And, and you know, like, what will I say? My children, so they, we are separated from their dad and it's been two Easter's. Mm-hmm. The second Easter, they took their eggs with them from my house to their dad's house because yeah. they don't trust me with chocolate. You know, that's not great, right? Yeah. It's also accurate. Like, yeah, yeah. definitely great the chocolate when they were away. I'm like, I'm saving you from the sugar rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Justify it six months from Thailand, but it's, you know, it's a, a breakdown in trust. They literally hide their chocolate from me. Um, but for us, it's a joke. Yes. It's, it's, you know, it's part of our connection building. Mm. And then, you know, occasionally, like when it's quiet, is there anything else you don't trust me about? Is there mm. anything else you wouldn't want to tell me about? Yeah. What do you trust me about? When do you feel safe with me? Mm. And it's everything else. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's And it's another point you've made a few times that I want to highlight is that waiting until it's a quiet space or a separate kind of space to have those conversations because so often we have the conversation about, oh, mummy's working or um, you don't trust me or whatever in those reactive moments rather than going and planning a time to have those conversations. So I think that's a really key takeaway from this as well. Yeah, and that's a part of being the adult in the relationship as mm. much as you don't always want to be. Yeah. Is just having like a little to-do list in, in your head, like I'd really like to, well, a curiosity, I'd really like to know where my child's at with this at this yes. moment in time. And then come to now, a time as well. Yeah, look, the opportunities come up. I'll stop mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. And then go yeah. to that. I love that. So let us know what's coming up. I know what's coming up for you in 2024 and I'm excited. But for those people that are listening, what is coming up for you this year? And if someone's going, I need to connect with you. I would love to work with you. I need your help. Please help me, Sam. Yeah. How can they do that? So I be offering, I generally work per term because as parents, that's uh, how our life roles um so mentoring packages with you know one-on-one sessions where we can have goals trial systems in your house lots of you know talking out your thoughts fears processes battles and um you'll find i think that you get a greater understanding of yourself as a parent and you and as your children as where they where they are in the process so that's one-on-one mentoring. But then also um, traveling around doing a bit more um, 
presentations on different topics, so keynotes at different schools. I'm still doing my community-based workshops because I love them mm-hmm. and I love the different people that we get um, turning up to those workshops. And you don't know this yet, but um, it's been uh, something that I've spoken about with other people for a while. Yep. I'm going to start a parenting podcast, but not yep. an advice podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a parenting People, you know, we're not alone, right? We feel alone. Your trauma, my trauma, my background, my current struggles, they're all different, but we're not alone. Someone else has experienced it as well. Mm. And the idea came about with a friend of mine who's got a significant trauma history mm. and she thought she, she listened to a podcast about somebody else talking about their experiences and she said, I could I could do that. She couldn't, she can't do the court processes and things like that. Yeah. But she doesn't have the capacity. But she said, I could do that because listening to that helped me so much. I could do that, share my story in that way as, as a self-healing thing. So and I think as parents, when we look at that, you know, parent that's always or that parent that's, you know, you know, putting, I don't know, junk food in the lunchbox. And we don't judge, but we do. Mm. But if we just have a greater understanding of other people's, uh, you know, parenting experiences and what influences and what makes certain aspects of parenting harder or easier for them, I just think that'd be helpful, especially if we're in the same place. Yeah. So, well, you get a bunch of parents together, and what do we talk about? Kids, <laughs> parenting, holidays, how we're navigating things, complaining about the in-laws, all like, standard <laughs> conversations. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? When you get the space to have those conversations, enough and enough and enough and enough, because there's a lot, isn't there? Yeah. Eventually, you've unpacked it all and you can go and do something fun and, like, have that me time. Mm -hmm. But if you don't get that enough, all you do is go out and talk about all the stuff in parenting you're trying to get away from. You just need more time than you think yeah to to I guess what's the right word to like not dissolve to absorb to learn um and to vent sometimes as well and you just got to get it out yeah and say it imperfectly mm-hmm. yeah you need your safe people to say oh yes my child is such a problem of course you know that they're not yeah yeah of course you know that they're just a child but to that yeah. safe friend really you can just say <laughs> but yeah anyway I... that's so exciting Sam well it's fun yeah, well, um, if you have um, if you have a name for the podcast by the time this goes out at the end of January, make sure you let me know because I'll put it in the show notes and then people can search for it. Yeah. Um, when you know it might not be out by then, but at least people can kind of keep keep their eye out on it. And I mean, I'm just super excited about what you're doing. Having this conversation has been powerful for me, but I think a lot of people listening will find it really powerful. And if they want to connect with you, where's the best place to go and connect with you? So uh, my website is southwestparenting.com and there'll be just links to email. We can just email and um, hook up a, a phone conversation to see where you're at, what you need, and um, make sure that it feels right for you to go ahead. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an awesome way to finish. This is my final podcast interview for the year. So, yeah, I'm really grateful for your time. So thank you. Thanks for having me. And Merry Christmas. Yes. Sam's just interrupted me at the end of our conversation to say, hey, I've listened to all of your episodes and you didn't ask me what makes me feel unstoppable in business. She was well prepared for this. So, Sam, what makes you feel unstoppable? 
I don't think it's the perfect answer because it's very external for me, but it's feedback. Like yes. the feedback I get from my clients and then the feedback from talking to people like you who just say, oh, great idea. Oh, my God, how needed. You know, that just, yeah, that drives me. Amazing. Yeah, well, feedback is like the evidence that what you're doing is working. And if what you're doing is working, then, of course, that's going to make you feel friggin' amazing and unstoppable. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I just want to put a little side note in here. Sam is definitely keen to get out there and speak on other podcasts. And as you've already heard, she's got a really important message to share. So if you have got a podcast that you think this conversation needs to be on, reach out to her using the links in the show notes and get her on your podcast. Otherwise, I'll see you back here next week. Peace out. I'm MG.